Okay, listen up. It's Brent. You probably already know what's going on around here. But just in case you don't, here's the deal. Me and Jenna are two Fandalites out to make a podcast. This is, uh, I guess, part two, technically, of our first Alternisode, because it's the same book. And more of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the first Alternomorphs book has two separate stories in it, and we are going to do the second, just because I guess we want you to be in pain. <laughs> Brent, I want to get your feel for where in this story you think the fucking giraffe is going to pop up. I... Do not think any of the morphs from the previous story will pop up at all. See, that's interesting because Ibsen always taught me that if you put a giraffe over the mantle place, that wasn't Ibsen, but I'm going to power through this. If you put a giraffe on the mantle place, (laughs) who was that, Chekhov? No, he he drove the starship. Oh, you're right. I don't remember who it was. It was Sulu. Sulu, yeah. As Sulu always says, if you put a giraffe over the mantelpiece in Act 1, it had better go off by Act 3, and it had better be a phaser set to stun. Those of you who have your frequent Chekhov's gun reference cards, (laughs) go ahead and punch number 5. Your next reference is free. If I don't... Brent... The no, giraffe. we do this. We do this. That is, I think, the fifth time that we've done that. I absolutely think you're right. I just, if the giraffe doesn't show up here, then what was the point? What was the point, Brent? Should we recap what happened in the first Alternomorph? The point was to give you an embarrassing death. And sure, mm. previously on Alternomorphs. <laughs> hey, I'm a cop. What were any of the voices we did, Brent? Well, Rachel was Macho Man Randy Savage, and Marco okay. was a surfer, bro. Yes, and, and Tom uh, was a prep. Yeah, Tom was uh, very, very preppy. And I and Jake think, was none. Yes, Jake was none. Null emotion. Cassie was kind of cool and laid yeah, back. Yeah, she was like chill. Uh, and I really couldn't decide. I kept sort of shifting in and out of Valley Girl for the, uh, the main character. Okay, yeah, and we will be able to recreate all of those voices perfectly. No, not even a little. I... Uh, <laughs> I, our recap is shit. That's not even... We're just like, and this is the silly voice I did. Uh, so the the previous Alternomorphs book was basically book one, the invasion, but with an extra character who spent most of the time not interacting with the Animorphs and yeah. instead doing God knows what off on the side. And that that's it, pretty much. You get, you get a ferret morph, a German shepherd morph, and a giraffe morph, and a hyena morph. In the successful route. That is correct, yes. Yeah. You can also get a fly morph and fail. Yeah, and yeah, presumably some other morphs and die. This one takes place in an indeterminate period of time after the first one, but some time has passed. Let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive right in. Chapter 16. Pizza for dinner, your mom says. <laughs> awesome, you say, and then do a sick 360 kick kickflip <laughs> off the half pipe. It's a Saturday afternoon. You just returned from the mall. Sometimes you just need an ordinary day. 
You've been on this, plenty. Of... I'm sorry. Is this your new narrator voice? Because it is like being in a 90s commercial. Look, I'm just going with it. All right. I've, okay. I've been inspired by the first line. When, <laughs> when pizza's for dinner, you could do pizza anytime. Okay. 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 <laughs> You've been on plenty of missions with the Animorphs. Your close calls have given you nightmares. You are living in a world with new rules. Sometimes you think you'll go crazy. Sometimes you want to go crazy. Living with stark terror every day will do that to you. So whenever you can, you try to do something normal. As much as morphing into an osprey might be fun, it isn't normal. Not by a long shot. So when you called Jake that morning to ask if anything was up, he just sighed. I say we take a day off from saving the world, he said. (laughs) The smell of green peppers fills the kitchen. You watch your mom chop. She makes her own pizza, and it's the best in town. Can we have sausage on it? You ask. I don't know. That's Marco. (laughs) Yeah. Can we have sausage on it? You ask. Mom grins. Sure. It's Saturday. Let's live a little. You reach into the refrigerator for a soda and flash. The heat presses against your skin. You hear the call of birds and insects. Where did you guys go? Rachel asks. (laughs) And where are we? Cassie wonders. And why don't I have shoes? Marco asks. (laughs) Flash. And a nice green salad. Mom finishes. I have to sneak something healthy in there. Your hand is cold. You look at the sweat beating up on the can. Whoa, what was that about? It was so real. The heat had been just as intense as the cold in your fingers right now. Can you hand me that garlic, Mom asks. You nod and reach for a garlic bulb and a bowl on the counter. You hand it to Mom and flash. Really? A monkey morph, Marco says, lifting an eyebrow. Listen, I've been a gorilla. That would be quite a demotion, don't you think? (laughs) Marco, I'm just wondering, brother, Rachel says, her hands on her hips. Do you always have to make things difficult? Is it like your hobby? It's my life, Marco says. Flash. Would you do me a favor and pick some basil off the plant, Mom asks. Sweetie, are you okay? I'm okay, you say, but you're not. Something is really, truly wrong, and you have to find out what. It sounds like a Sario rip, Jake says worriedly. You've ridden as fast as you can on your bike to Jake's house, which is pretty fast because you're a dirt biking freak. Yeah, you do a bunch of cool flips on the way. You only have half an hour before dinner. Axe is there too, and he looks just as worried as Jake. He'd been eating his very first licorice whip, and he'd been really enjoying it. But he stopped when you blurted out your story. What should Axe sound like? Oh, shit. That's a good question. Weird. Not again. No, not again, Prince Jake. This is not good. Uh, Not terrible to listen to, though. Well, let's hear your version then. God, Brent. God. Man, I I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't got it. Your axe, sorry. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Just keep going. He says. No, not again, Prince Jake. This is not good. What's a Sario rip, you ask? Are you sure it was a jungle, Jake asks, in- instead of answering <laughs> you? Or was it a rainforest? Like, I can tell the difference, you ask. You're starting to feel impatient. Jake turns to Axe. But I reversed the rip. How can this happen? Axe shrugs and begins to chew on the end of the licorice. I don't know. When they caught about several rips in class, I was... uh... Not paying attention. Jake finishes impatiently. I know. Young Andalite females... What? Young Andalite females can do that. (laughs) Uh, I I need you to foley for him slurping up another inch of licorice right there because it's very gross. Yeah. Give me me the Axe says lead-in. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, young and light females can do that. Axe says. 
he slurps up another inch of liquor. <laughs> this tastes red. Red. It tastes red. Red. Cherry. Jake says absently. It's cherry flavored. Will somebody please fill me in? You demand. A Sanrio rip is like a hole in space time. Jake explains. We've all experienced it, except I'm the only one who remembers it. That's because I died back there, but not in this time, so I was able to come back. Oh, thanks, you say? That clears it up. Totally. The thing is that Axe said you need some sort of huge explosion to blow you back. Jake says worriedly. I guess maybe it hasn't happened yet. Terrific, you say. Something to look forward to besides pizza. Nuclear annihilation. Unless we're in the rip night now. Axe puts in. A rip with a rip. Ripception. (laughs) Jake frowns. What does that mean? Axe shrugs. It could be his first shrug because he looks surprised at the motion. He does it again for practice. I do not know. I am just guessing. Want some licorice? He holds a piece out to you and flash. Chapter 17. The trees soar above your head. The leaves make a canopy so dense it blocks out the sky. The heat presses against your skin. Whoa, Jake cries. What's going on? Wait, you say. You mean you know you're here with me? It's the same place, Jake says. I'm doing him like a sad robot. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of Jake, though. It's the same place, Jake says, spinning around. Hang on. He darts through the trees, and you and Axe follow. You stop abruptly when Jake does, bumping into him. In a small clearing is a bug fighter. It is scorched and trashed as though it has crash-landed. This is totally freaked, Jake whispers. I'll say it is, brother! (laughs) The voice says, it's Rachel! Who steps through the trees, Cassie and Marco at her side. Where did you guys go? And where are we? Cassie asks. And why don't I have shoes? Marco, Marco asks glumly. <laughs> he got taken away. <laughs> Marco asks glumly, staring at his bare feet. I've been, oh, this is Tobias. Yeah, I've been, I've been circling above, but all I see is a green canopy of trees, Tobias says in thought speech. He swoops down and lands on a tree trunk. I'd say we're in a rainforest. I can tell to try to see if there's a city or village nearby. There's no city, Jake mutters. Pray tell, how do you know, fearless leader? Marco asks. I just do, Jake says. He frowns. The first thing we have to do is take the onboard navigation computer. Visor 3 will be coming back for the bug fighter. How do you know about this stuff? Cassie asks. The last thing I remember, I was on the bug ship. We were shooting Dracon beams at Visor 3. It's a Sario rip, Jake says. Quickly, he summarized what has happened. So, how do we get back? Cassie asks. You can tell she's trying not to look scared. I'm not sure, Jake admits. Last time I had to die. <laughs> I don't... I don't especially want to do that again. Brain the size of a planet. (laughs) Are you all thinking what I'm thinking? Asks Axe suddenly. Marco rolls his eyes. What are the odds of that? Think about it, Prince Jake. Axe continues. You've been given a second chance. Last time you made mistakes. What I mean to say is you made good decisions, but things went wrong. Thanks for trying to make me feel better, Axe. But you were right the first time, Jake says wryly. We walked right into Visor 3's trap. But this time, we will not walk into the trap, Axe points out. We know what is wrong to do. Now we must do what is right to do. 
You're right, Axe, Jake says excitedly. (laughs) (laughs) We've been given a second chance, and the first thing we should do is not take the onboard computer. Can you just disable it instead? Make it look like it happened in the crash, but be sure that they can fix it. That will slow them down while we follow through on a plan. I can do this, Prince Jake, Axe says, nodding. He takes off for the Bud Fighter. What plan? Marco says. Call me crazy, but I have a feeling I'm not going to like this. It's simple, Jake says. We're going to sneak on board the blade ship. Already? I don't like it. Marco interrupts, groaning. Can I get a Marco groan? Uh, I can only do Tina groans. Uh, that's my Marco groan. Okay. Uh. <laughs> and destroy Visor 3, Jake says grimly. Then we'll recreate the rip and get back to our own time. Sounds like a good plan, brother! Rachel agrees. Especially the snap into a Visor 3 part! Oh yeah! <laughs> of course you'd think so. Margo says. What do you need the morphing ability for? You're already an animal. The question is, what should we morph? Cassie asks. We have to get through the rainforest, and we're barefoot. How about monkeys? Really? A monkey morph? Marco says, lifting an eyebrow. Listen, I've been a gorilla. That would be quite a demotion, don't you think? Marco, I'm just wondering! Rachel says, her hands on her hips. Do you always have to make things difficult, brother? Is it like, your hobby? Oh yeah! It's his life, you say. Marco gives you a strange look. I was going to say that. I know, you say. Come on, guys, Jake says. We have decisions to make. We have to acquire morphs that will help us cope with the rainforest, but we need morphs that will help us sneak aboard the blade ship. And we might need the help of that tribe you met last time, X says as he reappears. You said they were pretty helpful against the Hulk Bajir. What about using an ant morph again, you suggest. Uh You point to a tree. I read about those ants. They're called parasol ants. They can leap hundreds of feet, and we'd be so small, we'd sneak into the bug fighter with no problem. That's uh, true, Cassie says reluctantly. No way I'm being an ant again, Marco says, shuddering. That was the worst. You all begin to argue about what morph to acquire, but you're running out of time. You might only have time for one morph. You choose a monkey. A parrot or a parasol ant. Parrot, 100% parrot. No question. Yeah? Parrot. No okay. hesitation. Okay. I love that intensity, Brent. It's your turn. <laughs> Polly wants a cracker. Chapter 19. You don't have the same wing strength as a bird of prey, but at least you can fly. The parrot morph allows you to soar just underneath the upper canopy. Your green feathers offer camouflage. I like this morph. Cassie says. I really like, feel I like belong here. As long as Tobias doesn't eat us for lunch, Marco says, dipping under a tree branch and then soaring upward. I'm sure getting a workout, Jake says. This isn't like being a falcon and soaring with the thermals. You really have to work. Well, work it, girl, Marco teases. (laughs) How do you know that I'm a girl? Jake asks. (laughs) Because that red tail is so adorable, Marco answers. Everyone laughs. Give me some foley for that. Okay, so this one is like... (laughs) I don't even know that's mine that was really good thanks it feels good to laugh even if you're doing it with a thick curved beak pipe down you guys tobias warns i see them 
Tobias has been flying ahead of the group. With his superior eyesight and wing power, he is able to see the Hork-Bajir from far away. They're destroying everything! Tobias suddenly shouts. Must have gotten bored just looking. They're slashing and burning! Okay, fade back, Tobias, Jake warns. We'll take over. They just killed a sloth and her babies! Tobias continues. For nothing! Those murderers! Now, Tobias, Jake shouts. In another moment, you see a blur of brown feathers. Tobias drops onto a branch. They're killing everything that moves! He says in disbelief. (laughs) (laughs) What is even Axe's voice? We never come, we did not come up with a good one. (laughs) That is where the Yorks are best at! Axe says quietly. That is what, that is what the Yorks are best at! Oh, like we pay attention to the stage direction. (laughs) You leave Tobias behind and fly ahead. You hear the Hork-Bajir before you see them. Dracon beams sizzle. The smell of burnt things fills the air. You hear the cries of what sounds like thousands of birds, fellow creatures trying to flee. Guys! It's Rachel, who has spurted ahead, her wings just a blur of motion. I think I see something! Look down by that weird tree! Gee, thanks, Rach. That really narrows it down, Marco says. The one with the roots, brother! Oh yeah! Rachel says impatiently. You look down. You see nothing. Just branches and leaves. But then the leaves move, and you see a person concealed behind them. He is holding a spear. And then you see another, and another. You found the tribe. They're spying on the Hork-Bajir. Cassie whispers. It's funny how you sometimes feel a need to whisper, even though you're talking in thought speak. I have a plan, Jake says. Follow me and do what I do. He swoops down and lands on the shoulder of one of the tribe. They are men and boys, all with dark hair and alert dark eyes. They are wearing something that looks like a diaper made out of leaves. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You swoop down on another shoulder. Rachel follows, then Cassie, Marco, Axe. Tobias flutters down and lands on a low branch. The tribe does nothing. They don't even move a muscle. But you see every pair of eyes turn to one man. He's either your age or your grandfather's? It's hard to tell. Cassie, Jake says. You morph. Cassie doesn't even ask why. She flies to the center of the clearing. You wonder why he's chosen Cassie. But as Cassie begins to morph, you understand. Cassie can control her morph so that she changes gracefully. She isn't scary. She's beautiful. She retains her bright feathers as she grows. She changes her face first. So at first, she's a bird girl. Her tail retracts, but her feathered wings still flutter. Slowly, her feathers turn into smooth skin, starting with her feet and slowly moving up to her body. Again, the tribe doesn't move. They don't raise their spears. Esperito, the leader says. He called her a spirit, Marco translates. Cassie nod, Jake directs. Cassie nods. She holds out her arms as though she is gathering the tribe to her. It is a welcoming gesture. You realize she is telling them not to be afraid. Now draw a Hork-Bajir with a stick, Jake tells her. <laughs> Cassie bends over and draws the Hork-Bajir in the dust. It's not a great drawing. Okay, throw shade at Cassie's drawing book. Right? But the Hork-Bajir are pretty distinctive. Diablo, the leader says. Devil, Marco says. <laughs> Cassie nods. <laughs> Fucking thanks, Marco. Now draw the blade ship, Jake directs. They need to understand that we have to get aboard. Cassie draws the blade ship. She points to herself and the ship. Then she points to the leader and stabs the hork with a stick. The leader grins. He throws his spear. Cassie! Rachel cries. But the spear just misses Cassie and lands at her feet, straight into the center of the hork drawing. Cassie smiles. The leader smiles. You all say... Fucking perfect. I have discovered why they only made two of these. Cassie needs time to recover from her morph, so you all rest in human form. 
With a combination of signs and pointing, Cassie is arranged to meet up with the tribe again, just as dusk falls. Your parrot morph was successful. You met up with the tribe and escaped the notice of the hork bajir but you need another morph to sneak aboard the blade ship. You choose. Chameleon, turn to page 92. Poison arrow frog, turn to page 110. Jaguar, turn to page 113. I mean, one of these seems a lot easier and safer than the other two to get. <laughs> and, and also, I love chameleons. Uh, it seems like the wrong choice, but I am going to choose chameleon. No, let's do it. Um, page 92, your chapter. Chapter 21. First, your skin turns green. Are we Martians or reptiles? Marco is just about uh, is just able to get out before he's unable to speak. The rest of his complaint sounds like is that what is that what the sound chameleons make? Who knows? That's true. I love this tale. Cassie thought speaks. You know what she means. The chameleon's tail is almost like a monkey's, curled and strong. You roll your eyes. One goes left, the other goes right. You can get a 180-degree view without turning your head. You follow behind the others as you make your way to the perimeter of the landing site. Okay, remember, when you see Visor 3 in the window of the blade ship, it's... Oh, sorry, that was way too emotive. I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> yeah, correct yourself. Okay, remember, when you see Visor 3 in the window of the blade ship, it's only a decoy, Jake says. That's what he did in the last serial rip, so all we have to do is come to the ship from behind, and meanwhile the tribe will cover us with a diversion. If all goes as planned, you say. Which it never does, Marco adds. The tribe is in place, Tobias tells you. Visor 3 is in the- oh. Is in... <laughs> Visor 3 is in Lurdathak mode. I can see the vines moving. That's right, he, has the... he successfully swallows the axe in this one. Let's see if that's recreated. Jake has told you about Visor 3's morph. The Lurdathak is as tall as a tree. It has hundreds of vine-like tentacles. They can strike like whips and squeeze all the breath out of you. Then the Lurdathak can just pop you in its cavernous mouth like good and plenty. Really? That's the go-to pop-in-your-mouth candy that this book's going to run with, good and plenty? Kind of a weird choice. Not even good I, and fruity. I would have done like a junior mint. Skittles? Because I, I feel like you don't... I almost never eat a single good and plenty. No. It's usually a multiple. Yeah, it's like a handful of good and plenty. Yeah. Or just empty that box straight into my mouth. <laughs> Do the same I thing mean, with that's the bees. plenty part. It's an experience you're happy to skip. It's dusk, Cassie observes. Time for the tribe to attack. Your coloring protects you as you scurry along the floor. You belong to the forest, are part of the forest. You can hear the sounds of Horkbegir in forest you can hear the sound of hork in the distance but you are quick and agile and unafraid you let the chameleon's instinct take over but if you let your human mind start to think it'll fill up with fear you are running towards visor three not away from him the tribe is attacking tobias the lookout tells you they keep melting back into the forest the hork are going crazy get into the blade ship tobias jake urges while he runs do it do it you're do running now. get to the you're... blade ship Running flat out now. Chameleon can't run very fast. It's not as fast as a jaguar. But you reach the burned out clearing. The blade ship looms ahead. Jake goes first, then Rachel, one by one, moving as fast as you dare, but keeping to the dark green shadows, you approach the huge black ship. The gangway is down. You all scamper up it, then keep to the sidewalls of the ship. Tobias? Jake asks. I'm here, up high in the rafters. You roll your eyes up. You can just barely make out Tobias. You're all changing colors, Tobias observes. You're getting darker. May I make a suggestion, Prince Jake? 
X says. Actually, would X sound different in thought speech when he's not using a human voice? I have no idea. Do what do what feels right to you. What feels because he always has that weird rep- repetition thing when he's talking in a human voice. So I feel like his human voice would be different. Okay. So I'm gonna play that. May I make a suggestion, Prince Jake? Oh, he's Access. a smooth operator. Perhaps we should scatter. One chameleon might have wandered aboard, but not six. This is Axel played by William Shatner. <laughs> I wanted a good. I wanted it to be a really obvious dichotomy. <laughs> They call him the velour fog. <laughs> Good point. Jake agrees. Let's find separate positions. We have to wait until the ship goes back into the same space position and fires its rockets. Then we should land back in our own time. What about Visor 3? Axe asks. When do we destroy him? Rachel asks. Shouldn't we pick a place to hide where we can morph into something really dangerous, brother? We can take him by surprise and snap into him. Oh, yeah. Jake hesitates. Wasn't that the plan? Rachel asks urgently. I'm not sure now, Jake says. It might be too dangerous. Maybe we should just let Visor 3 blast us back into our own time. But we'll lose our chance, brother. We'll have to wait till SummerSlam. Rachel argues. I'm with Jake. Marco says. If we live, we can come back and fight another day. I'll go with whatever y'all decide, Cassie says. (laughs) Cassie's so chill. (laughs) She's so chill. If I can get a word in. Tobias says, this ship is constantly patrolled and the bridge is full of taxons. You might be able to get take down Visor 3 if we're incredibly lucky, but that doesn't mean we'll survive. Axe, Jake asks, Visor 3 killed my brother. He is my sworn enemy, Axe says. I will meet with him someday. It may not be today. I will follow your decision, Prince Jake. I wish you didn't say that, Jake groans. Is the Senreal Rift that's complicating things, you say. We don't know if we'll make it back. We don't know if we're part of somebody's memory. If we kill Visor 3 now, in this time, what happens to us in our real life? This is too confusing, Cassie sighs. I need a nap, Marco says. And I haven't said that since I was three years old. That seems unlikely. Let's hide, Jake says finally. We still have time to decide. Time is running out for Visor 3. We can't afford to chase that tribe around the forest any longer. The six of you melt behind a... Is that right? Melt behind a council. You space yourselves apart, but within thought-speaking distance. Leave them! A terrible voice invades your head. If you had hands, you'd put them over your ears. When Visor 3 talks in thought speech, it feels as though your whole brain shudders. Leave them behind, Visor 3 continues. He is back in Andalite Morph. It is not the punishment those Andalites deserve, but it will have to be enough. Visor 3 places himself in one of the chairs on the bridge. Now take off, you worthless slime, he says to the taxon captain. A message crackles over the communication system. Bugfighter ready for takeoff. So take off, you fools! Visor 3 roars in thought speak. You can feel the great ship rise, but you can't see anything. You feel a burst of optimism. It feels like the first step towards home. Axe, keep track of time for us, Jake advises in private thought speech. I will, Prince Jake, Axe says, but there's no telling when Visor 3 will order the double blast. The bugfighter and the blade ship have to intersect those dracon beams. Perhaps they already agreed on a coordinate. There's no way of knowing. Which means, Rachel says, that if we do want to attack Visor 3, we better do it soon. 
All right, Jake says. Maybe we should. He's cut off by the bleat of Visor 3 shouting, No! The blast rocks you. Flash! You're in the front quad outside school. You're wearing a sweater you haven't worn since last year. Ahead of you is the bus stop. You see Patrolman Teeter directing traffic. Patrolman Teeter. Patrolman? You see Patrolman Teeter. He retired last summer. You turn. Rachel is back on the steps of school. Her hair is a good four inches shorter. She touches it, frowning. She wore it that way last year. You've gone back in time like you should have, but you've overshot your time. You're a year too early. I think this book is playing fast and loose with the rules of Sanrio Rips. I just gotta throw that out there. Yeah, the hard and fast rules of Sanrio Rips are really getting uh, torn to shreds in this book. I just, you know, there's canon and then there's canon. (laughs) Chapter 22. What's going on, you say? This isn't a flashback. It's going on too long, but it doesn't feel real either. Oh, man, Marco says. Does this mean I have to go through homeroom with Miss Pedalowski again? Something's wrong, you say. Just then, a car pulls up to the curb. A window slides down. Mm. Marco's mother waves at him. Mm. What's Marco's mother's voice? Oh, that's a good question. Should she have like a... Uh, sort of a the female equivalent of Marco's voice, like that's where Marco got it from. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Do what the female equivalent of Marco's voice is. It's the same, but higher, or the exact same. Hi, honey. I thought I'd give you a ride. You got it. You got it in one, Brent. Next to you, Marco has gone completely <laughs> still. His mother is dead. That's what everyone thinks, anyway. Only you, Jake, and Axe know that Marco's mother was <laughs> taken over by the Yurks. Really. Why would you know? But okay, yes. She is Visser 3's rival, Visser 1. Marco takes a step forward. He moves stiffly, like he's frozen. You can see tears in his eyes. His mom is so alive. (sighs) A breeze lifts her heavy dark hair. Her hand rests on the open window. Her wedding ring gets glints in the sun. Come on, slowpoke! She teases. Have you got one in your shoes? Mom! Whispers Marco. (laughs) Marco's mom swings the door open and steps out onto the curb. It is as though everything is in slow motion. You are shocked to see her alive and warm and happy, so it takes you longer than it should to see the pit bull. It runs across the grass toward her. Then you hear the voice that haunts your nightmares. I will end it here! (laughs) I was one summon! (laughs) Marco, you cry. It's Visser 3? Marco starts to run, but you know in a split second that you can't fight this dog. Not as a human, anyway. He's too far away. You have only seconds. You have to try a morph, which definitely takes this seconds. Seems oh, really bad Jenna, idea. Jenna. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's your choice, though, Brent. Hyena, go to page 101. Canine dog, go to page 103. Giraffe, go to page 105. I'm just... I mean, it's your choice, Brent. Uh-huh. And, and your advice would be... I, I want to know what happens with the giraffe. It would be crazy if of these options, giraffe was the right choice. To fight a pit bull, that's the worst matchup possible. I mean, but it's going to headbang it. I want to know, Brent. All right, well, let's do it. Let's go giraffe. Page 105. Kick us off, Jenna. <laughs> Chapter 25. You, he- you leap behind a tree and accomplish... Really? Your giraffe morph. Accomplish is a weird word for a morph transition. 
Your legs grow, right? Your legs grow so rapidly, you crack your head on a branch, your neck stretches, your skin is patterned with tan and brown. With a clattering of hooves, you take off towards Marco's mother. You are there in three powerful strides. Giraffes are peaceful creatures. Patrolman Teeter is stunned to see one appear, but he doesn't go for his gun. (laughs) He would never shoot a giraffe. That's an oddly specific (laughs) prohibition on behavior. I think Patrolman Teeter was really skimming the code of conduct uh, flaw when he created his character. <laughs> I mean, you know, if Seidel, the police officer from the first part of the Animorph books, or Alternomorph books, where he, he would he would shoot a giraffe. Well, yeah, but he no was doubt. a controller. Patrolman yeah. Teeter just wanted that one extra point from uh, code of conduct, we'll never shoot a giraffe. <laughs> you never thought it would come up in gameplay. Well, that's the job of a good GM. You turn your back to the dog to give yourself greater kicking power. He launches himself at you, but he can only reach your legs. You shake him off. You pull back your leg and wham! You knock Visor 3 into next week. Flash! Oh, so literally. Yeah, literally into next week or into a couple months. Flash! Onions on it too, Mom asks you. She's stirring a pot of tomato sauce at the kitchen stove. She turns when you don't answer. Sweetie, do you want onions on the pizza? Sure, you say everything, but I have to go to Jake's for a minute. I forgot my homework. It's Saturday. Yeah, you say and run out. Ask him over for dinner, your mom yells as you hop on your bike. You ride like the wind. You find Jake and Axe in the bedroom. Oh, Axe is only halfway through his licorice whip. You spill out your story. We were all there, Jake asks, and I knew I was in a second Sanrio rip. You nod. And when we went back in time, Marco and I both knew we were in the wrong time. Marco knew his mother was dead. Like, gone. Whatever. <laughs> worth it. That, that makes the, the Valley Girl transition 100% worth it. Thank you, past friend. <laughs> Jake looks at X. Does any of this make sense to you? X chews on his licorice and swallows. No, except for the motive of his O3. He manipulates us and real rip to go farther back in time. He knew this would happen, Jake asks. Oh my god, this is such a big block of text. You you made your bed. <laughs> he was trying to kill his enemy's host before he became the host, Axe explains. You see, some hosts are better than others. Obviously, Visor 1 found a host that has extraordinary abilities. I guess Visor 3 might have known you were aboard in some kind of morphs. It was a trap. Me. Since he thinks you are Andalites, perhaps he thought he could send you back that way. He would have prepared the first night when my brother Alfangor landed. He would make sure to kill you, or else you would not be here at all. Alter the past, alter the future. He was willing to take the risk. See, I know <laughs> that can't be Axe because he doesn't play with any of those sounds. It's the most Axe has ever spoken in any of these books. In like one, I don't, I feel, well, out loud as a person. Yeah, yeah. He didn't mention cinnamon buns once. No. Jake groans. So I fell into another trap in an Amazon swell. I can't even be smart in somebody else's serial rip. But it turned out well, Prince Jake, Axe points out. Visitor 3 was stopped by the giraffe morph. It totally paid off, Jenna. This is why the whole (laughs) thing never happened. He returned to the original time of the rip so that he wouldn't be stopped. The good news 
the good news is that Marcus' mother was not killed, so Visa 1 is still Visa 3's enemy, which is good for us. To have them fighting for power distracts Visa 3. But I don't get it, you say? If I was in Visa 3's rip, why do I remember it? A great fucking question, me. And why did you and Jake remember some of it back in the Amazon? Axe thoughtfully braids a licorice ribbon, then bites off a piece. Muffs. I think that's pronounced muffs, Max. Muffs, Max. <laughs> Is that Andalite language? Jake asks. No, it was a mouth full of licorice. Axe responds. <laughs> that was involuntary <laughs> fully. <laughs> The answer is, I do not know. <laughs> My guess is that there can be breaks in the rip. Like this! He holds up a braid of licorice. Light, light, light shines through the holes. I was not paying attention the day the surreal rips were taught. You finish. We know. X shrugs. Someday we might figure it out. But you're alive. You saved Marco's mother. That is the important thing. We've lived to fight another day. Axe is right, Jake's tell you. Jake tells you. We have to take what you can get these days. Worry about the things you can do something about. You're alive, and so are we. You know he's right. You have to take the moment. You're safe. You might not have killed Visor 3, but you're back in your own time, alive. Jake puts his hand on your shoulder. Don't worry. There will still be more battles to fight. You grin. But first, you say, there's pizza. Is that really the end? That is is really that the, the last that, bit? Yeah, no, the next two chapters are failed morphs. Fuck. Did we die once in that? I don't think so. We chose perfectly because <sighs> the choices were very obvious because this is not a great choose-your-own-adventure book. I see. Mm. Yeah, that was a that was a turd. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the only other two chapters are if you choose poison frog, poison arrow frogs, you get eaten is what I'm seeing. Yeah, by Visor 3. So that's good. Visor 3 gets to bore in this one, even if you don't know it. <laughs> and they don't explain in the Jaguar chapter how you got the Jaguar morph. No, but you do die from the Lurdathak. So there you go. Okay, uh, this is actually like a, a regular length episode. I mean, when we stumble into the correct choices, I guess that's what happens. You're right. When we do it perfect every time, just a lot, lot more compact. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, next week, I'm sure you'll be back to your reg regularly scheduled Fandalites. Um, if you have questions or commentary or want to tell us how hideously unfunny this was, <laughs> hit us up at Fandalites at gmail.com or on Twitter at Fandalites. You can uh, hit us on Tumblr, Fandalites.tumblr.com. Thanks to Dustin O'Dell for the use of his theme music for our intro and outro. Uh, and tune in again next week. Please don't let this put you off. For the love of God, I hope it wasn't the first episode you listened to. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Every episode is somebody's first episode, uh. Brent, and this was the worst first. Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but until next time, remember, nostalgia is a drug.
Sounds like a good plan, brother. Rachel agrees. <laughs> Sorry, it's hard. It's difficult. <laughs>